How far can the metaphor of technical debt be stretched? Hi, my name is Eric Normand, and this is my podcast. Welcome. Today we're going to be talking about technical debt and some of the issues I see with it, uh, with the way it's being used these days. So let's talk about first what the actual metaphor is. Okay, people will use the term technical debt a lot. Uh, they usually mean we have a big messy code base or you know some other technical aspect, maybe their database that needs some some cleanup. Uh, but there's actually a real structure to technical debt. It was first used to explain to uh, business people the idea of having to clean up code. So um, it's about, it's like a loan, right? Uh, you can take out a loan, a business can take out a loan to be able to do something sooner than you would be able to if you had to wait to save up that money. Okay, so instead of saving up now and then in six months, say, be able to have the lump sum to buy a thing, you can take a loan, buy the thing now, and in essence, save for the next six months by paying the interest and principal down on your loan, right? So in the same way, we can get code out sooner by taking on technical debt, and then we can learn from that code. So maybe the customer, whether the customers like that feature or whether it could you know, even work at all, it's like a prototype and then pay off that principle down the road as we go along. So that is the idea. Now, what is the principle and what is the, the interest? The interest is the amount of time it, it cuts down, let's say, the amount that it cuts down your velocity. Right, so your code is a little bit off. It might be messy. It might, you might have learned something. Uh, you know, the, the programmers might have learned something like, oh, actually, users want X, Y, Z instead, or that, oh, there's a better database structure than what we initially did. So you have this learning in your head, and now you have to. Um, the interest is the cost of working with a non-optimal model because your code doesn't reflect what's in your head. So if you want it to work the way it's in your head, you're going to have to uh, add extra code, take more time to adapt your new features to the poorly structured database. Okay. But then what's the principle? The principle is actually going in and taking that learning and putting it into your code. 
So that's going to cost a certain amount of time to do. Okay. So that's the initial metaphor. Once you've paid down the principal, there's no more interest. You can work at full speed, but when you've got some principal, then you have to pay interest, meaning you're going to be a little bit slower at maintaining, adding new features, etc. Okay. People use it loosely now. Um, they, this was the original metaphor, this idea of getting some learning by shipping faster, like shipping something that maybe you don't understand completely, shipping it, getting some learning, and then you're going to have to pay down that you're going to have to pay down that debt by taking your learning and incorporating it back into your system. People also saw that we could get a feature out faster in the same way not to get learning, but just get it to get it in the hands of the customers and be able to charge them for it by doing a sloppy job right by just getting it done whatever way seems to work and not um, designing it so well right and so that that's another form of technical debt where now your code is a mess and it doesn't have a coherent design to it and it was to be able to get more more users or more money from the users and now you're gonna have to pay down that principle or continue to pay the interest forever. Okay. Nowadays, people just talk about technical debt as just the mess, the mess of code. I don't like the code. It's got a lot of technical debt. It's basically code you don't like, which is not really helpful. It's stretching the metaphor way too thin. All right. But there are some things that, some ways that technical debt works differently from regular debt, financial debt. So I'm going to list a few of those. So let's say you have a feature that to do it really well would cost 30 days of a developer's time. But you're not sure whether it's worth 30 days. You don't know if the users are going to want that feature. You don't know if they're going to pay more for that feature. And so you say, well, let's see what we can do. Maybe we can learn if they like this feature by putting out something in 10 days. Okay, so you're gonna save 20 days. You're gonna learn faster. And what happens? You learn after 10 days that they don't like the feature, boom, you can just delete that code. You know, if you designed it well enough to be separate, you can just delete it. You don't have to pay it back, right? It's very, very easy to, to, to just remove that feature. Okay, so that's one way that it doesn't work. If you borrow money from the bank, to open up a new branch of your restaurant uh, and then there's no customers, well, you still have to pay the bank back, right? Okay, 
Maybe you could stretch it and say, well, you're going to file bankruptcy, but that's not really how it works because then you lose all your stuff when you file bankruptcy. All right, here's another issue. Okay, so let's say again you have a feature that will take 30 days and you decide as a business that we need this really fast. Let's do it in 10 days. So what have you borrowed? Like what is your principle? Your principle is actually 30 days, right? You spent 10 days, but you had to borrow 30 days. So to fix this thing, to get rid of all the interest payment, you would have to spend again 30 days because you designed it like crap. Like it's very unlikely that you'd be able to really use what's there. And even if you did, it would take time just to figure out how to adapt it. So what I'm trying to say is in, in the debt metaphor, the, the financial debt, if you borrow $100,000 to open up a new store, you spend the $100,000 on the new store. And then you're in debt for $100,000 and you have some plan for repaying it over time. But if you in the, the, uh, the metaphor in programming, you borrow 30, you spend 10, but now you still have to pay back the, the 30. It's more than you spent, right? You, you're borrowing more than you spend, which is kind of weird. It doesn't really work the way, the way money works. Okay, here's another thing. Why would someone open that restaurant? Because they think that there will be customers to that restaurant and that whatever income that new restaurant has will be more than the interest and principal payments. So it's actually good debt. It's good debt because it's paying off. It's paying more than, than the cost of the loan. And so you could do that again and again and open more restaurants as long as you believe that you would get the customers to uh, pay off the service on that loan. But we don't have a similar thing in, in the programming. We don't have a thing like, so basically what happens in the restaurant is if your growth is, if your the growth of your income is higher than the growth of your debt, then you're doing good. That's why in the US we have this national debt, this deficit, a budget deficit. We spend more than we take in in taxes. But our economy is growing. And so there, it's, it's considered okay. The economy is growing, we're taking on more debt, but the economy is growing faster than the amount of extra money we're borrowing, right? So, there's always more new money that we could spend to pay down the debt. 
we don't have that. The when you're taking on technical debt, it is the interest payment is causing you to slow down. It's not like you can get more. It's not like you're spending uh, like design time or whatever you call that extra time that you're not putting in. So you have a 30 day project. You decide, let's rush it and get it out in 10 days, cut corners, whatever. You're not gaining any speed from that. Um, your, your programming speed actually goes down. So the more debt you take on, the slower you'll get until you get to zero, where you're just basically treading water, keeping the thing running. There's no way to spend that debt to make more programmer time. In the restaurant, you can spend the debt to make more food, to have service more customers, to make more money. So you're spending debt, you're making more money. But in, in, this, in the technical debt, you're taking on code quality debt, right? You're, you're taking on negative code quality, code messiness or whatever you want to call it. And you're not trading that for better programming or whatever, more programming. So that is, that is a problem. All right. So another thing that I think that if you, if you're really good with the way you refactor and clean stuff up over time, you have, you, you do have the ability to, um, to pay off the debt over time, right? So if I have a financial loan, I, I have, let's say I borrow a hundred thousand dollars. I can make a plan. It's called an amortization schedule that says, okay, I'm going to pay this off over 10 years. And so uh, this is how much interest and, and principal I'm paying down every month. Right. And, and it, it starts off with a lot of interest and a little bit of principal, and then gradually it turns into all principal at the end. Okay. And so you can make a schedule. It's going to take 10 years and this is your monthly payment, same every month. And so all you have to do is make sure that your restaurant that costs a hundred thousand dollars is now making more than that every month. And it will pay down that debt over 10 years. I don't think we can do that with debt, with tech debt. Uh, you can't take that thing that took 30 days, do it in 10 days, and now spend those 30 days kind of over time cleaning it up. Because often the, the mess you made is so bad that you have to basically rewrite what you did. That's been my experience that you can, 
do it such a rushed job and then you learn something like, oh, this was really the wrong way to do it. You have to now spend the 30 all at once to, to move over to the better way to do it. So that's another problem. I, I mean, if you're really good with refactoring, maybe you could do it. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't quite see how you could in the systems I've been working on. Um, when there's a learning, it's often like, okay, I learned this thing. Um, those 10 days were worth it, but now I still have 30 days ahead of me to finish it up. And you couldn't do it over time. There's just no way, or maybe you could do it over time, but it would cost 60 or a hundred. So it's another way that the metaphor kind of breaks down. Okay. And then the biggest problem of all with the metaphor and everyone knows this is that code quality and even feature development is all unmeasurable. We don't know how much design is worth. We can't say how much a feature will actually take until we do it. Um, it's all just unmeasurable. Whereas money is very measurable. There's still the uncertainty is your business going to do okay. Is that restaurant really going to make money? But you, you know, if it is, or if it isn't, Whereas with design, what is the value of spending another day thinking about a better way to, to write the software? What is the value of good names? We can't really quantify it. Uh, so the metaphor kind of breaks down there. Like I've been giving examples, like a thing that would take 30 days and you do it in 10 days. That is just, uh, you know, maybe with hindsight, or if you could play it out in two different universes where you make the different choices, you might be able to do that, but it's all hypothetical. We don't know how to measure those things. Now I'll, I'll tell this other problem, but it's not really the same type of problem. Um, so the original, technical debt metaphor was designed to explain to uh, business people who are used to thinking in financing in terms of loans and income and, and interest payments and stuff like that. It was, it was designed to explain to them why, what trade-off you were making. Hey, we can do this faster, but it's going to slow us down in the long run. Uh, but sometimes you need that. You need that short-term speed uh, to be able to get a thing out or whatever. So it's designed to talk to them. And when, when I've talked with business people, it's never gone that well. Using, I mean, using the technical debt metaphor. And I think that one of the reasons is that uh, they think they have the idea that messy code is kind of like having a messy kitchen. So you have a kitchen 
and you have to make dinner and uh, for you know a hundred people and so you're working really fast you're making a lot of pots dirty you're spilling a little bit um, you know things aren't getting put back exactly where they need to go and you're you're taking a lot of shortcuts because dinner is coming and you need to get it ready by a certain time so then you serve dinner everybody's happy they go home and then you get out your mop you get out your sponge you start washing the dishes and you're you get the kitchen back to a clean state. I think that a lot of business people think that making a mess in your code is kind of like that, where you do something quick, you have to move fast and you know make a mess, and then you have to spend a little bit of time afterwards to clean it up maybe the same amount of time as it took to make the dinner, right? But you're going to clean it up. Well, it doesn't work that way. Like I said before, if you take a thing that should take 30 days and you do it in 10, you still have 30 days ahead of you to clean it up. You can't it's not just like, oh, there's some spills, there's some splotches of tomato sauce on the counter and we need to mop the floor. It's like, oh, we need to rebuild the bathroom. We did a rush job on your bathroom. Uh, it was so that you could use it quickly, but you know, the everything, all the pipes leak and things are put in crooked and uh, we forgot to connect up uh, the right size pipe to your toilet, so it's going to get clogged. And so we have to just redo everything. We have to tear down the walls, install new pipes, and put everything back, and repaint, and do everything. Uh, that's, it's more like that. It's not like wiping down the kitchen counter. It's rebuild your bathroom so uh, that is a problem that uh, I think is is one of the reasons why I don't like to use the technical debt metaphor uh, if if I'm talking to a business person they are often like well why did you make a mess just clean it up it's like, no, we have to rebuild your bathroom. <laughs> we have to redo the plumbing because we rushed it or we learned something about how the plumbing should be. And now we are going to be, we're going to be unclogging this toilet for ever. And it's going to cost a person uh, you know, you got a 30 person team. It's going to cost a person to unclog this toilet all the time. All right. Uh, that was my ideas on technical debt. Um, I think it's a great metaphor, but like all metaphors, it can be stretched too far. And then once it becomes cliche, people stop thinking about it as a metaphor and they just think of it as a, a term of art and they don't, 
really uh, understand what it's supposed to be and how it's uh, supposed to be used. And I think it's good to go back and revisit these ideas, these metaphors, uh, really understand the context that they arose in, and then figure out where, where, the, where they don't stretch, right? And I would rather talk about, um, you know, having to redo someone's plumbing because we rushed it. Uh, that to me seems like a much better metaphor for the kind of tech debt that I've seen. All right. Thank you so much. My name is Eric Normand. And thank you for listening or watching. And as always, rock on.